Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Per Aspera, add Astra. Through adversity to the stars. In this episode, Eckhart answers questions about turning adversity into spiritual growth. A mother wants more emotional stability in her life. She says she often wakes up feeling full of energy only to find the next moment she's irritable and exhausted. She's concerned about transmitting her negative moods to her children. Eckhart encourages her to remain alert when the low energy takes hold. He also explains that sustaining consciousness during difficult times is a great art, and this could become an important part of her spiritual practice. Another mom asks, if suffering is necessary for our awakening, then how do we help our children to awaken without causing unnecessary pain? He says every child will encounter some form of suffering, which is part of the human condition. He says as parents, we must use wisdom to decide when to protect our children and when to let them experience life on life's terms. Eckhart shares an ancient Roman aphorism. In Latin, it is per aspera ad astra, which means through adversity, we reach the stars. Thank you for letting me ask my question. Why is it easier on some days to remain present than others? I recall even as a child waking up in the morning and feeling really good inside or the opposite. I have studied these feelings throughout my life and I realized that on days when I wake feeling good, I have amazing amounts of energy and much more present and patient. And those days, just like every song on the radio is a good one. Then suddenly, without anything external happening, the energy seems to be gone and I'm unmotivated, tired and very unsettled. It is almost like the energy is trapped inside because it seems like it is there. Uh, it almost makes me angry at times. And I've tried to physical, uh, be physically active or meditate, focus on the inner body, uh, but it is very hard to get motivated to basically do any of these activities. So it it take it can take this 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 state can take a day or a week or longer, and then eventually I awake feeling great again without anything external happening. So I was wondering if you have any input, any kind of practice. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Very interesting. Yes. Well, these fluctuations. I don't believe in your case what you're describing is not, um, I'm sure you're aware that there is a condition that is called manic depressive, but I don't think that's probably not what you're describing here. Manic depressive means these are people who experience incredible highs of, of aliveness mm -hmm. and then incredible lows. 
whether they can't do anything, can't interact with anybody. And when they experience these highs, I don't think that's the case with you. When they experience these highs, they do sometimes absurd things like they have several sex partners in one day or two or three days, or they go out and spend all shopping expeditions, spend all their money and all the, exhaust all their credit cards on shopping, spontaneous, completely irrational decisions on their on their high, and then they're falling back into the low. Now, this is doesn't seem to be what you're describing, because what you're saying is that when you feel good, you are also very present. So a person who is manic depressive, they are not present in either state. They are not present in the high state and they are not present in the low state. But you feel that you are you are present in the, when you feel good, you're also present and you're able to appreciate things and everything is fine and you feel more creative and so on. I have much more patience with people around me and I do appreciate things more. Everything even tastes better. It's 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 absolutely amazing what these day how much different these days can be. It doesn't go into extreme that I go and have uh, sexual relationships with uh, 20 people no. Oh, you uh, don't spend all your money and uh... No, no, no. <laughs> it wouldn't be much spending anyways, but no. <laughs> Right. So again, the important thing is to, when the the low states come, which I believe there's probably a, a physical aspect to it also, the lows, do you, feel, do you feel physically weaker in the low states? When that comes, the important thing is to stay present even there so that you are able to observe the low as it happens. The, the, it may not be as easy to perhaps to stay present when you feel good, but when you feel bad, there can still be a presence in the background that knows what's happening to you so that you're not completely overwhelmed by that feeling. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's not uncommon for people as the... Even people who are already on the path of awakening when they feel physically not so well or have a pain here or there, they lose presence because the, their physical bodies becomes weaker and then they, they, they lose their sense of presence. It seems that there's not enough energy left to be present. That's what they believe. 
And then, of course, it's also very common to lose presence in other situations, like when you drink alcohol. Uh, many people can easily lose lose presence then, especially if you're not deeply rooted in presence already. And if you are deeply rooted in presence, you wouldn't want to drink a lot of alcohol. You might enjoy a little bit here and there, but you would want you wouldn't want to be drunk because it would be your your normal state would be so much better and more beautiful. The the relief that people seek through alcohol from their unpleasant, painful inner states. Uh, <laughs> the, the important thing is the awareness needs to still be there in both situations, both when you feel good, when you feel great. And I, I don't know the, how that is related, the, the low cycles, whether that is related to your menstrual cycle, it's sometimes related in women that they they go into more unconscious cycle when that approaches. So it it could, I don't know whether if there's a relationship with that. That is often a challenging time for women where they are drawn into unconsciousness. But when you know that, then you can know it's approaching and you can stay particularly conscious so that you can sustain consciousness even when the low comes. And that is the great art this is part of perhaps important part of your spiritual practice is to sustain the awareness even as the physical energy diminishes and mentally you don't feel as clear but you can still are you still able to observe that perhaps you can continue even there can you continue to uh, practice inner body awareness even when you feel low that may be helpful. Another interesting question is, when you feel low, does that change the, your thinking? In the, the low state, does the nature of your thoughts change? Do the thoughts become more negative? Or does it not particularly affect the nature of your thoughts? It does affect the thoughts, yes. Now that's a very important point. Because it affects your thought, which means you lose consciousness, you lose presence, and your mind gets taken over by the this inner this emotional state that rises into up into your mind and controls your thinking. So that's why it's extremely important that, that you make that the main area of your spiritual practice is there. So that remain alert. As the low state comes, I don't know how the shift happens from the high to the low, whether it is very gradual, whether it's overnight, so you suddenly you wake up in the morning and the, the high is gone and you're, you're down low, you're nodding, so, so perhaps it often happens overnight, so in the morning you, you're somebody else. And that's so in the morning, you're somebody else in a very low state, different kinds of thoughts can go through your head. And are you able to observe your inner state at that time, especially there? Catch it at the beginning when you wake up in the morning and you realize, oh, there it is. There it is. That's an important thing. And then you, you stay conscious. If you don't catch it at the beginning, it's a bit harder to, to, to awaken at a later stage when it is taken possession of you completely, including your thinking. When it is taken possession of you completely, 
you may not be able to get back, get your awareness back <laughs> unless there's already, the awareness power has already grown in you. But if you catch it at the beginning, it will be easier to remain, the, the, wit the witnessing presence can still, can remain there even as the state continues to be there. And as the witnessing presence arises, it is less likely that the, the low state will use your thinking, will control your mind and your thoughts. And if it can no longer control, then you feel, just feel it on, a, on an emotional, physical level. But it no longer, because there's an awareness there, so it no longer, and if it does, if it does attempt to control your thoughts, you from the awareness will recognize that this is what's happening. That the 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 low state is trying to control your thinking, move into your control your mind, and so there's the awareness there that, and you say, oh, it's trying to control your mind, and it can't do that if you're aware of it. If you're aware of it, and then at least it can no longer control your thinking. All you're left with then is what you feel at that moment. And if it can no longer control your thinking, it can no longer feed itself, feed on your thoughts. Because that state, I believe it, in, in our terminology, it, I believe that state is actually part of your pain body because not every pain body is angry. There are many other kinds of pain body. That it's it, so it 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 takes you over, and if it cannot feed on your thoughts, it will be less intense and more short-lived because it can't renew itself by feeding on your feeding on your thoughts. So it means the periods, the lower periods, will sh become shorter and less intense through the awareness practice, and that's only the intermediate step. They first they become shorter and less intense and then gradually you will only experience some form of low state of more it'll be mostly physical low state without low consciousness and you can then accept that that sometimes you experience lower states every human on some level does that physically you cannot always be a physically at a physical peak all the time so sometimes that happens but that's all that is it, it no longer will no longer obscure your awareness does it make sense the way i described how do you approach it it, it does make a very very much sense uh the the, the word the stuff that worries me I, i'm okay not feeling okay at times but i am a mom and i don't want that to pass over to my family to my children to my partner because yeah. i don't think it's fair so i was just wondering how could i deal with it myself somehow so they don't have to deal with me being this way yes well, in the meantime, until you become better at uh, the practice, what would help is to tell them uh, when you notice I'm in that slow state today. So just wanted you to know, and then they can know. That's already, at least now they know, and then perhaps they are more careful in the way that what they say to you or they leave you alone or whatever they do. You explain to them that sometimes you have that low state and it's not really you, it's not who you really are. And and so, and then just practice. Catch it early on when it arises. 
and then that's your practice. Thank you. Thank you. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I, I believe that will also be helpful for many other people because you're not the only one who has the... Many people have similar experience, similar conditions in their life, so that's... Um, uh, the fluctuation of moods, many, many people experience that. And uh, the challenge is to stay present, both with the high and the low moods. Um, isn't it wonderful? They sort of, all the, the difficult areas in your life are actually always your main area of practice. And so then you can be grateful, if not right in the moment but retrospectively certainly you'll be grateful for the, the difficult parts of your life the, the adversity in your life because that's what brings about the awakening of consciousness per aspera ad astra said the romans per aspera ad astra through adversity to the stars <laughs> Let's have one more question. Hi, Eckhart. Hi, how are you? Hi, thank you for having us. My question was, if suffering is our spiritual teacher and leads to awakening, how can we help our children awaken without giving them a bad childhood? Do children need to suffer deeply to awaken? And I work in with schools, and so I just try to translate your teachings to like a secular way of talking. And I just want to know like your thoughts on the most important tools that we can give children to prepare them for the challenges. Right. Oh, yes. Good question. Thank you. Living in this world, some form of suffering will come to every child, of course, in one form or another. Some form of suffering will come that is inevitable. For a parent or an educator, what is required is uh, wisdom. And through wisdom, you will know to what extent it is advisable or good to protect the child from suffering and to what extent you need to allow the child to suffer and then that's a uh, many parents understandably because they love the child they have the desire to protect the child from all suffering and that would include when they do that 
even protecting the child from consequences of bad or dysfunctional behavior to protect the child from from all these things as you know the, the way we are bringing up children is very much different from the way it used to be 50 years ago 100 years ago safety has become extremely important in people's minds not only with reference to children but also of course with reference to children safety is very important in many parts of well, I know the United States, in, in not everywhere in the United States, but in, in many parts, it's, it's, it's almost, I think, illegal to allow your child to play outside in the street. <laughs> Whereas in the past, when I was a child, we would always be outside and completely unsupervised. And it was in a city, it wasn't a village, playing completely unsupervised in, uh, for hours on end going on our bikes, exploring, um, it was normal. So there's a now a tendency to overprotect a child, partly due to the fact that most parents only have one or two children, so they become very precious. If you only have one other than six, seven or eight. My dad was the ninth child in a Catholic family two of his siblings died at an early age, but he still lived with seven or six or seven brothers and sisters. And of course, they, it wasn't possible to closely supervise all these children. So they were free to do what they wanted to do. So there's a risk involved. Wisdom is required to see do you, to, to what extent do you restrict the, the freedom of movement of your child for the sake of safety. That requires wisdom. If you restrict the child's movement too much for the sake of safety, you also impede their development as finding inner resources of strength and resilience and to find inner resources that arise when you're faced with a challenge. When a human is faced with a challenge, inner resources are generated in order to face the challenge. So if you want to protect the child from all possible sources of suffering, then you'd also have to remove as many challenges as possible because any challenge may lead to some degree of suffering. There's another reason why there's overprotectiveness and the extreme focus on safety and that but that's a longer subject that i don't need to go into now i have i perceive a shift that has happened in the collective consciousness in the past 40 50 years a shift from predominantly uh, i believe everybody understands yin and yang masculine and feminine principles that the world exists in the, between the polarity if it was the yin and yang until 50 years ago or so, Yang was the predominant principle that governed, especially the education of children, discipline, punishment. When I was at school, corporal punishment was totally normal. Things that nowadays a teacher would be taken to court for and lose their job was normal behavior. <laughs> and students, students were quite disciplined. I mean, there was sometimes trouble, but they were quite, there was authoritarian overly controlling children, not allowing them sufficient freedom for creativity and movement for the sake of control. 
and discipline and so on. That's uh, and that has shifted now, of course, the, from the young promenaders, a significant part of the population has adopted a much more yin attitude towards life. The feminine values have become much more important. Compassion towards people, empathy with people, the not not offending people because of, of their race or sexuality, or but to have to empathy so that we don't hurt people. It's they're all feminine qualities that have come in. And that's been a good thing and a necessary thing, but no good thing more of a good thing is an even better thing. And more than that, it doesn't remain good continuously. Too much of a good thing, it becomes a bad thing. Then it shifts into its opposite. This is why yin and yang are intertwined. And that's a long story. But as, as regards education of children, it's now predominantly focused on safety. Like a mother would, a mother would be most concerned with the child's safety. And the dad, who would represent the yang, would be concerned with, okay, let's do this. Let's 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 go climb this mountain. Let's do it. And the mother, just be, but be careful. You must be careful. Don't do some. Of course, the roads could be mixed. It could be that the man has more yin than the woman. So in that case, it could be mixed. <laughs> but there's <laughs> there's yin and yang. So the yin is very strong emphasis on safety because we, uh, and up to a point that is good. And if you go beyond that point, it becomes bad and restrictive. So again, in many schools, uh, the famous thing, they do sports and all kinds of things. In many schools now, because of this empathy that you have, you don't want to, a child to feel bad. It's a wonderful thing. You don't want the child to feel bad. It is wonderful, and that's a, a yin thing, which means, the famous saying, everybody gets a trophy. <laughs> you just need to participate and get a trophy, so nobody needs feels bad about themselves. But you don't get challenged that much anymore, because we don't want anybody to feel bad, because they, to be, if you challenge them too much, they will, they will feel bad if they can't meet the challenge. It's a very complex and long story, but... We have now going to the other extreme where, where we try to remove as many challenges as possible from children so that they don't suffer. And some parents almost succeed because they, they, they pamper the child so much, whatever the child wants, he or she is given immediately. Every possible source of suffering is removed. And if you could do that by the time the child reaches adolescence, the child's ego would be dreadful. A very unpleasant ego would have developed in the absence of all challenges. Never had to experience the consequences of behavior. No behavior, no matter how dysfunctional, had any consequences. And then they become an adult. And then it gets really difficult. Sometimes um, you, it is not possible to remove challenges. If you were successful in removing all challenges from your child, that absence of challenges would turn into the adult's greatest and most difficult challenge. The fact that he or she was never challenged in childhood by anything, overprotected by, by, by their parents. So wisdom is required to see how much you allow a child to, to have a challenge 
and even to suffer by not being able to meet the challenge and to what extent you remove a challenge from a child in order to protect them. Wisdom is required so that you have a balance, the middle way, as the Buddha called it, or the, as Socrates said, nothing in excess, not an excess of giving the child too many challenges so the child is continuously struggling and not being able to enjoy life and trying to remove all challenges from the child. The middle way between protecting the child and yet allowing enough freedom to make mistakes also, that's part of it. The child needs to make mistakes and realize the consequences of making mistakes. It's all part of the evolution of consciousness. But suffering is inevitable, no matter what you do, and it's not bad. It's, it's, you have to know, to bring a child up is, requires enormous wisdom. <laughs> and of course, not many parents have that. <laughs> but it does, it does require, to, so that you can be more or less in the middle. Yes, we grow through suffering, and every child will suffer. And if, an over, if a child is overprotected, that will, will cause them more suffering when they become an adult because they are not prepared for life. Uh, so whatever you do, the child will suffer. And yet, of course, you don't want the child to take absurd risks, unnecessary risks. Drugs are a huge problem these days. You want to get a child away from that. That's a big thing. That's uh, not to, to allow the child so much freedom that they... Because they indulge in drug taking and all that, if that is to be avoided at all cost. It was 20 years ago I was going for a walk. It was the first time I realized the safety thing. I was There's a school nearby, and I walked past the school. It was just the beginning of the vacation period. And there's a big sign, built signboard outside. It says, summer break starting on that, that date, and have a good summer. And underneath, in big letters, it said, be safe. <laughs> and I thought, hmm. The main thing was be safe about the summer, be safe. I thought, hmm, is that the main thing? I imagined a, a student coming back after summer break and the teacher asking, well, what did you do during the summer break? And students, well, I took your advice. We decided not to go to the mountains because the risk this the risk where we could have broken limbs or we didn't climb the mountain. In fact, we stayed at home most of the time because life is so dangerous these days. We didn't go swimming. No, no, it's that's too dangerous. Can't go swimming. So we were really safe. Didn't go anywhere really safe. So I thought, of course, safety is important. It's important not to take unnecessary risk. But it's the main thing to be safe. Why not say, have a wonderful time, but also be safe? Look, that makes sense. Have an adventure even, but don't take unnecessary risks. That's the middle way. Now, any adventure implies the possibility of something going wrong, because it's not the possibility of something going wrong. It's not an adventure. <laughs> it's a boring trip. Any adventure means something might go wrong. So there is an element of risk there. And yet, no human should take unnecessary or absurd risks. That's also true. And again, we come the middle way. 
between the two, between the extremes. So for a parent, it's to know that you need to be wise. How much do you allow a child to suffer the consequences of their mistakes, for example, not immediately remove the consequences? And to what extent do you remove suffering from your child? That's uh, only in the situation you can know by, by being aware, because wisdom, wisdom arises through awareness. By being aware, you will know what the right action is, right? Either one way, you go towards safety or you go towards the challenge. And challenge always implies the risk of suffering. And if you go too much into safety, you also create suffering eventually. <laughs> so you can't get away from it. And that's part of the evolution of, of human consciousness. Thank you. So perhaps a moment of stillness. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.